so uh what was i talking about oh yeah squid game uh, i was talking about the squid game uh yeah so like i was watching it i started watching it on thursday night and um you know i was i was cooking something and i started watching it and i was like damn you know i couldn't stop watching it so i saw it until like i finished the whole season yeah i binged for the first time in a while because i usually just watch one episode and then like space them out but uh i actually yeah. saw every episode of season one of the squid game or squid game or yeah uh, yeah in one in one night in one sitting uh it was pretty pretty amazing man it's just keeps you keeps you interested yeah. kind of like the the players in the squid game you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like they can't stop but it's really uh yeah it's really amazing yeah there there are a few shows that like i specifically stopped watching because it was like too good yeah. like we could probably like start a whole other podcast on like squid game and stuff from what i'm hearing oh yeah uh i just started watching the sopranos for the first time and oh. it's free before yeah many states of newark i was like oh yeah this is like like i, I didn't realize that it's ba- the whole show is basically about him trying to be a family man mm-hmm. like it's basically yeah. like a married with children in the mafia that's kind of <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> i never thought of that actually yeah. it, it really is well because it it was a weird i remember seeing it i only saw the first episode when i was a kid because i guess it was probably the only episode i could watch as a kid yeah. and because uh, i think it started like the sopranos the first season started in like 1999 something like that yeah and uh just like the 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 credits like the intro credits are really cool and i think i just watched it because of that yeah and uh, and then just like the fact that you know a mafia boss goes to a therapist i'm not sure if uh analyze this was had come out yet but it was pretty it was like a comedic idea yeah you know like oh mafia boss has to talk to a therapist oh you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah it it was a very different take on on um on mafia stuff because you're just used to you know martin scorsese movies where these uh mafia guys are uh portrayed as being you know i guess uh powerful guys you don't need to talk about their feelings and and um you know stuff like that that kind of stereotype yeah isn't it funny that that was supposed to that used to be a comedic trope and then sopranos broke that and now that's like commonplace in like so much yeah. action like even falcon winter soldier yeah like, everyone talks to therapists nowadays. yeah yeah uh i think also the recent you know events in the world have uh especially you know have kind of destigmatized the mental health issue a little bit yeah because uh, so so many people are talking about it now yeah. Uh, or actually talking about it in a serious way, you know, rather than just being, oh, you know, I don't need to go to a therapist. I'm, I'm a strong person, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, if you don't uh, admit you have a problem, you know, maybe it's, it's time to, to talk about it. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it's funny to think that like nowadays, even superheroes go to see therapists. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the day, it was like, no, the strong man never goes see therapists. You never talk about your feelings. I don't have feelings. I'm, I'm a dude. <laughs> and, <Yep. laughs> and that was sort of like the, the yeah, I don't know. Like the, I guess that's something that's changing for, 
for uh for the better for better or worse i don't know yeah i mean like uh i mean nowadays is like especially as kind of like a narrative you know trope you know at the end of the day if you're gonna have a whole movie about something you need to get to like the why that it's happening yeah you never something you can make like a whatever off the wall kind of movie but for the most part like that almost whenever there's therapy in a movie or a show it kind of mm-hmm. gives an excuse to have like exposition without exposition yeah it, oh you mean like therapists like just like having that yeah. cheap exposition <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's people talking yeah about and that, that's like yeah that's like the Tell downside to it <laughs> how did that make you feel and uh, <laughs> i was like you... i feel mm, you know i feel angry about that well <laughs> that's your character motivation now for the rest of the movie <laughs> you know breaking the fourth wall yeah uh, <laughs> do you get it viewers <laughs> this is how he feels <laughs> I feel looks to the camera sad. <laughs> okay. I feel quote unquote sad viewers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, yeah, I never thought of that. It's, it's actually a pretty, I get, I would call it lazy storytelling, but when it's done right, it doesn't feel like, you know, yeah. you're being told something because yeah. I think you can tell things because they always talk about, you know, show rather than tell. Yeah. But if you kind of tell in an interesting way because you see the emotions of the guy talking about it when he's talking about it that's interesting but if he's just like well a b c and d happened and that's what happened (laughs) (laughs) well how'd you feel about that (laughs) i mean things you 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 like if it's done well you actually shouldn't have to ask how how he felt how someone feels about whatever happened like you can tell through their portrayal or whatever if you have yeah you know, good actors. This is how it works. Everything that starts as like a smart narrative um, idea eventually becomes a trope. So, yeah. <laughs> because like uh, it's so good that everyone like copies it, right? So then it becomes a, a trope. Yeah. And um, mostly if it doesn't become a trope, it's when something is too difficult to copy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's mostly down to, I guess, individual perform- performances. I-, I think as as a you know cinematographer or a filmmaker or an editor, you can always it's it's a lot easier to copy something rather than doing it with your own body. Yeah, uh, you know, because some people have that capacity. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't. Uh, but <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> no, well, thing is, like, it, if you act in some like short movies that your friends do when you realize that actually I'm not, I'm not an actor guys, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it for, I'll do it to help. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then you realize that you suck and that's, you know, but that's a part of life. You have to know what you suck at and what yeah. you're good at. Dude, one time I, I shot a, com- like a local commercial for Hawaii and I thought it did so good in the audition. But then when I was actually in the thing, I could hear like people whispering, I said like, Oh, he's so stiff. He's so, Da, 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 da. so it's like it's like you don't you don't realize your own little nuances until you're yeah. like in front of a camera and yeah. you're it's like you almost have to be like that's why even on zoom calls i don't even like i i shrink the window instantly like i don't want to see yeah. your face you don't i don't want to see my own face <laughs> i want to like just pretend this is all like <laughs> yeah no i i don't i don't like showing my face on zoom calls usually that's why we uh, sometimes I yeah except for the podcast because you know where this is a intimate safe space but um, 
uh, I mean, some like I showed my face the other day at work and someone was like, oh, we've never seen you before. And I was like, we've been working. I, I'm sure you've seen my face before. I remember your face. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I didn't tell them that, but I was like, well, I'm, I'm like Bigfoot. You know, when I show up, it's a big deal. And <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a t-shirt. <laughs> when I show up, it's a big deal. Like, bitches. No, it's like a, I was like, I'm yeah. like Bigfoot because no one no one believes I'm real until I show up. Because oh. <laughs> that was sort of the vibe I was getting. It's like, oh, I didn't know you were an actual person. And <laughs> I was like, well, no one knows I'm they real think you until were like, I actually arrive, you know. Yeah, every, I bet when everybody saw you, it was like um those vice interviews where they make them anonymous by putting like a creepy mask on them. Yeah. And like messing up their voice. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say, but I actually use a voice modulator on my team's calls. And, uh, you know, it sounds like, sounds like a spiral. You know? <laughs> it is time to finish the social post team. <laughs> oh, Show no. me right these. Oh, wait, hold on. Since they're, they're kind of a similar genre, spiral or, or squid game? Squid game. For sure. All the way. Okay. All the I, way. I haven't seen way. Spiral yet, so I'm like wondering. Uh, I'm saying Squid Game because I haven't seen Spiral either, but <laughs> but I've never been a fan of the Saw movies. Uh, so uh, you know, maybe I'll just you know, I, I think we we came up on this topic because I, I kind of compared. I was talking about Squid Game, and yeah. uh, I compared Squid Game to like you know Saw meets a game show. And it's kind of like that, except that uh, in Saw, the actual people get punished for something they did. Yeah. And Squid is, or Squid Game is about people who are so desperate that they're willing to be in a game show where they can die uh, right. to get hyper rich beyond their, their dreams. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but what's really messed up is in Squid Game, they have a big piggy bank hanging over their um you know they have like a dormitory you know they have a sort of like barracks or something and they have this huge piggy bank on top and every time someone dies money falls out and fills the this transparent it's like it's see-through right so it's like a transparent uh piggy bank and so that everyone every time someone dies you're like oh shit i could i could win I could win that money. I could, I could get all of that. So it's always this, and they always give them a choice, which is really where I think the strength of Squid Game comes from. It's like they actually give them the choice. Yeah. It's like if the majority doesn't want to play, you don't have to play anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, all the prize money goes to the families of the dead per- players or the players who already died. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, and they're. Uh, I'm going to spoil for all you guys who haven't seen Squid Game. Uh, you know, there at the beginning, there's a very slim majority that votes to uh, stop the games, stop the Squid Game. But then they're so, they go back to normal life and they realize that their lives are so screwed up and they're so, so like in trouble financially uh, or with the law or, you know, some of them owe money to loan sharks and uh you know they if they don't pay up by the end of the month they'll take their organs and, and stuff yeah. uh so like their their lives are so messed up that they and they're so you know poor that they need 
you know, they decide to go back yeah, yeah. <laughs> knowing exactly what the games are about. So it's really, that's where the, the real drama and the, the stuff comes like when they actually have choices. And I, right. I think I, I was, I was um, saying this to, to Michael before the, the beginning of uh, before we started recording, but uh, I, I think, I don't think like if someone had thought of squid game in America, they probably would have not have given them the choice. Yeah, they, they would have been like, oh, "Well, we're in this difficult situation, and we'll prevail or something." Yeah. You know that that would have been the American kind of you know point of view on 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 a similar problem, and they yeah. probably wouldn't have wouldn't have given them in the plot a choice whether to stop or not, and right. uh, it would have been like, "Well, we're stuck in in this uh, crappy situation, and uh, we will fight the power or whatever, and then you know we'll prevail, you know something." Yeah. Like that. But it, it does, I don't feel it's true to American nature, which is what I mean to, to human nature, yeah. which I feel like Squid Game, the this Korean Netflix show, yeah, is so true to like the the deepest kind of darkest parts of of the the human mind. Yeah, uh, I don't want to go too deep, but it, it's uh, but but that's what makes it super interesting, and that's what's been number one for like a week, or maybe it's still going to be number one next week. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. That, that's um, that's all I have to say. No, it's like um, juice. There. Yeah, no, because <laughs> no, like that's what I always found interesting about like if you watch uh, like movies from different countries, there's always um, like subject matter that one country will treat as something you can put in. Mm-hmm. I would say like a more campy kind of fun movie. Yeah, and there's some subjects that you would have to save for like the more niche thoughtful stuff and everything you were saying about squid game uh, i didn't tell you this but you know what that made me think of what was a uh, hurt locker hurt locker because that was right. the whole point of hurt locker was that jeremy renner comes home and, and then jeremy, he wants to go back and then jeremy <laughs> renner wants to go back. It. yeah but yeah. it's treated as something kind of like serious right like this is a serious kind of psychological you know error mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty sure like squid game treats it kind of seriously too but yeah. from the trailers at least from what i've seen it's a bit more like bombastic and they put a bit more like you know not realistic elements like a tall yeah. doll like a girl I mean, it's, doll it's with a like surreal a yeah with like it's a surreal guns. experience yeah. right but it's really like all the tropes of a game show like you'll have colorful backgrounds uh, you'll have maybe some robotic doll or something i've never seen a game show with a robotic doll but yeah <laughs> uh, but you know you'll have uh, those kind of rules and things and if you break the rules you you lose except that when you lose you get shot uh, right. squid game but uh, yeah but i think the dolls and things maybe they're more <clears throat> um maybe it's maybe i'm 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 used to seeing stuff like that because i've seen so many you know and so much anime yeah. <laughs> in my life that i'm sort of used to the kind of creepy doll type stuff yeah. uh but i think the only times you see creepy dolls in western cinema would be you know annabelle or something like that yeah. you know possessed dolls and uh stuff like that but like uh the the doll or like the, that big kind of doll figure in uh squid game is actually a motion detector um robot that detects who moves because like I, I i don't know what the name of the game is called like that's the first game that they play yeah you know the doll turns around and counts to, and says something like red green uh you know red light green light and then when she turns around you have to freeze and if you move like you're you're out and so this hyper you know tuned 
motion detector uh, dressed up as a doll finds who like micro movements or people who move and and then tells the people with the guns who to shoot essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's the, like using a doll in a, you know, antithetical, uh, you know, way sort of like dolls are supposed to be cute or, you know, (laughs) kid stuff, but this is a deadly doll, which Uh is kind of like, you know, I guess kind of a trope in horror when you think about it, when it's an actual doll and not just like a robot that looks like a doll. Yeah. But, uh, like uh, the new child's play or the newer yeah. child's play. <laughs> <Yeah>. Child's play. <laughs> right. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I really, I, I mean, I know I said like American cinema, but I think it's probably the case for Western cinema. They'd probably not give them the choice right. to, to leave. Yeah. And I would say even like Western in general, like Europe included, uh, maybe South America or Spain, they might do some, you know, they're, they're known for doing more fucked up shit in their movies, especially yeah. horror movies. Right. I think some of the most brutal horror movies I've ever seen were Spanish movies. Yeah. And they're really like brutal, horrible stuff. Yeah. Like I think the most brutal movies I've seen were always in other languages other than English. It's like, because... <laughs> It's funny because if when I look back on the whole, um, what's it called, gore porn, the whole gore porn, mm-hmm. but like see how gory we can get genre. I don't know what it's called, but I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what, that's what they used to call in like the like gore online porn. on the gore yeah. porn with the Eli Roth and James mm-hmm. Wan. I, I don't really understand why he was kind of put in that category because like he never really made movies that were that gory. Like even the first saw, it was no more than what you would see in like a law and order episode. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that with that whole gore porn, like trend in the two thousands, it was all American movies and they were promoting stuff like hostile and what else there was a, uh, not the abyss, but the, the the one with the hole, <laughs> with the deep hole. I forget. I don't know. There was a lot of a lot of those like see how gory we can get movies. And when you compare it to, you know, how commonplace gore is in film and TV now, like it really wasn't that much. Yeah. Like something like Fear Street, they don't even have to advertise it as gory, but it's like here we're just doing a scene of the girl getting her face cut by the bread cutter. And yeah. we kind of just accept it now. I think and even Game of gory. Thrones, it was I like, mean, yeah. for a movie where they never really was it was Fear Street rated R or no? It was like MA or R, R, yeah. R MA. I mean, the R rating is deserved, but if they did anything less than R, like as a rating, I I would be shocked actually, yeah. just for that one scene. Yeah, like the cutter scene. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Fear Street movies to me were it, it just felt like. You know, it, it was so kind of light the tone that it felt like if this was a studio film outside of Netflix, especially years ago, it would have um, like it, it would have it, it would have had to go down to a PG-13. And if they were going to bring it up to an R, like as gory as it was in this movie, then they would have to advertise it as something more serious and more yeah. like this is the most messed up movie because Hollywood did that every so often. They would advertise every horror movie like the most terrifying yeah. film you've ever seen or the, the yeah, most. Like the, the, yeah, this will this will fuck yeah. up your kids. Yeah. Uh, in you 1680, know, like, there was a serial yeah. killer they thought was a witch. This is not that story, but it's kind of like it. 
<laughs> this is not that story, but it kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in the 1600s. Did you like there, that movie? You'll enjoy this one as well. <laughs> there was aliens in the Bible. Anyway, here's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like, what? How did, how did we get here? What? How, what? Yeah. <laughs> aliens in the Bible? Like, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? In the 1500s, people wrote <laughs> the 1500s. books. People the Book books. of Terror, Blair Witch 2. <laughs> they wrote it on the witch's hair. <laughs> and they made hair. Uh, they made paper out of her hair instead of her skin. How spooky. 1970s, trees existed. Wicker Man, based on a true story. Based on a true story. But you know, like people actually, like in old Celtic societies, they would actually burn someone in a Wicker Man for like a good harvest. Like that actually happened like, you know, a thousand or two thousand years or ago or so or something like that. They actually used to do that. But it's just like you find the one remote English island where that happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or I know, like, where does Wicker Man, the Nick Cage version, happen? It's probably somewhere in the northeast or something. Or, you know, I don't know. I just found out Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. That was all in San Francisco. I didn't realize that, like, because I, I, I just rewatched the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and, like, mm-hmm. When when you go to San Francisco, you it kind of surprises me how like small it is. Like the mm-hmm. big Bay Area itself is big, but just the San Francisco section, even just Mirror Woods, is pretty small. But like, yeah, it's like everything took place within like a few mile radius in that movie. Yeah. It sounds like you know they traveled miles and miles, and and yeah. uh, like it started in San Francisco and then it ended two miles away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole trilogy <laughs> you thought they were lost in the wilderness but no <laughs> they were close to baskin robbins uh, <laughs> the monkeys love their ice cream <laughs> that's the only thing they managed to get electricity for really just for the leftover the leftovers of baskin robbins yeah <laughs> Caesar, we have found the Baskin Robbins, the temple. <laughs> we have found the temple. Yes, where, where is it? We have found the sacred swirls. And <laughs> we have found the sacred sprinkles. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, as much as I like want to get into binging shows and stuff, because you know that was the whole point of this podcast was like what yeah. we binge. Yeah. I can never leave movies. I don't know what it is, but like there's just something about just a well-contained two and a half hours that mm. like I, I almost forgot not not forgot but it's just because um you know it's like like I, and this is actually common right now during covid is that you would think people are watching movies more but you know people are yeah. starting to kind of like change their media habits and then from my reading people are starting to kind of like move away from it less and mm. it when, when you watch a movie, especially like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, full through for the first time in a long time, it's like, it, it's making me miss the movie theater. Like, mm-hmm. as much as um, I love watching movies at home, and stuff, I'm actually starting to like, man. But for something to bring me back into the movie theater, it'll have to be, uh, I don't know what kind of movie, but I, I just hope that, like, I want to see an epic again. Like Gladiator. Remember when when there used to be like even before the MCU, there used to be like event movies like yeah Gladiator or like um, 
not even just Star Wars, but like standalone Titanic, you know, and um, what else I mean, can I think of? Mad Max, Fury Road. Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road is like a really good standalone. I actually have not seen the other Mad Maxes. Like, they have nothing to do with the like they're totally disconnected like uh frank miller i think his name is uh the director and oh, creator george miller. Matt, or george miller sorry one of the millers frank miller is <laughs> the batman comics right uh, george miller he's he's not really big on continuity i feel yeah, yeah. so even the even the mel gibson movies don't yeah. really connect very well and right. you can tell that the movies have changed according to what budget he had. Yeah. So it's sort of like, <laughs> you know, the first one just looks like, well, I'm, the first one could be, you know, I guess like nowadays, except with, uh, you know, end of the world bikers or something, which right. I guess might be probably, you know, might be, uh, I think you could encounter a real life situation where you have something like Mad Max one, or maybe, you know, maybe a less extreme version of that, but it all looks like, well, you know, in the future where it kind of looks the same, but, you know, we're running out of gas or, and, and petrol and, you know, uh, running out of fuel and, you know, the reserves are going down and, you know, global warming and shit. And, um, but the roads still look the same. You still have like gas stations. You, you still have like cops who are called like the road warriors or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, but then like the second one is when you get into real sort of like the Mad Max that we all recognize, which is just yeah. like the desert landscape and nothing's growing, nothing's living. Dude, uh, I, lo I love Fury. People. Yeah. <laughs> I love Fury Road so much more now than when I first saw it. Like mm -hmm. when I watch it, because at the time I thought it was just kind of, um, and I wasn't used to it, that whole like all over the place kind of yeah. style and stuff. And like they're speaking in this weird slang, the whole movie that I couldn't understand. But now that's just how you, people do you mean sound. Australian? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, spray me brother or whatever the fuck they're saying. No, it's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, they have, they have some weird uh, dialect going on. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, or behold the power of the V8 and they go yeah. V8, V8 and uh, yeah. Yeah, but then like you after were right, shiny and chrome. Yeah, but after everything that was on the news, like even last <laughs> year and even how people talk because of the internet now, yeah, it's like when times are hard, people do start speaking in weird mm. gibberish yeah, kind sure. of like you only, you'll only understand me if you get me kind of languages. Like when the chips are down, people just revert to kind of like language <laughs> and, that was, and it's, it's weird i don't know if it's because internet slang just got weird but i was when i would watch mad max Fury Road now i'm like i know exactly what they're all saying without captions and i know what's happening and the, the oh, thing about yeah. george miller i feel like george miller is the kind of filmmaker kind of like james cameron where he doesn't make movies a lot but every so often he'll just kind of throw in a movie that'll change in the game like babe in the pig babe whatever babe the pig he'll just put out the babe movie all of a sudden yeah. everybody has to have a talking animal movie and then he comes back mm -hmm. a few years later does happy feet okay people are taking motion capture seriously and thanks to yeah, him and let's do Robert movies, everybody yep. <laughs> and then out of nowhere <laughs> mad max fury road quick cuts and lots of colors what and the hell is actual, going on actual like you know real world effects and yeah. like, minimal cgi yeah 
and now look at Netflix movies. Practical effects. That's the that's the term. Practical yeah. effects. <laughs> yeah. And Netflix movies <laughs> basically has effects. like the same style of Mad Max. I was like, nobody. This I thought that style wasn't going to catch on, and now yeah. everything has to be like this pure, like even the lighting in movies has to be like yeah. orange and blue exactly or pink and green exactly and all these quick cuts and all of a sudden there's something on their face and it's like what was that video i saw about or i forgot the name of the writer but he was saying nowadays you have to engage them in the first few seconds because you have to assume your audience is distracted yeah you have to assume they're on instagram or i guess tiktok nowadays yeah now what are these kids Nowadays, kids are on TikTok and Snapchats. Uh, and, uh, I'm sure there's another one we don't know about out there that everyone's thriller? actually on. Triller. <laughs> Triller is just for, is just for the- Logan Paul ma- b- boxing matches. Watch uh, the Paul brothers beat up an old lady on pay-per-view. Only on oh Triller. Oh, my God. What was that failed streaming app that we were talking about the other day? Maybe. Um, yeah, Quibi. Now everything's on Roku, and and people are actually watching it because you don't have to hold your phone like vertically. Yeah, <laughs> I just think the idea of like when I watch one of those shows, I feel like full. Like I don't have to go and like go on YouTube rabbit holes or anything. If I watch like one or two episodes of a Quibi, I'm like a Quibi show. I'm like, oh, this is mm-hmm. pretty all right. But yeah. it's I, I just feel like that was the problem with having its own streaming service for it. Because it's like the tricky, the tricky thing about internet content is you can't hype it up too much because yeah. then everyone's going to be like, I'm not going to listen to you and find something else. So I don't know. Like, you know, I start, I used it. I did the free trial for a week when yeah. it came out. And that's when they had, uh, you know, the, I think the first TV show that they had was the one with uh, Sophie Turner. I think her name is like, she's from the Game of Thrones TV show. Oh, uh, Jean Grey. And, uh, yeah, Jean Grey. And uh, she had, uh, I think she was one of the first Quibi TV shows. And, you know, everyone's saying, oh, nominated for whatever. Oh, great acting. Amazing. And there was yeah. one with uh, her. Um, who? No, Miley Cyrus's uh, boyfriend slash husband. Uh, one of the Hemsworths. Oh, uh, oh yeah. The, the most dangerous game. Yeah, it was something like that. And like, oh, this is amazing. And I was like, I had the trial for a week. And I think there was like renowned. 911 or something and uh some 60 minutes type you know versions for quibi versions of 60 minutes for for quibi and whatever and i was like so this is supposed to keep me away from youtube netflix um hulu at the time Uh, those were the those were the platforms that i used the most at the time was youtube netflix and uh hulu and those were and prime amazon prime and i was like you know, and I can only watch this on my phone. <laughs> I think I think you could like project it on your TV or something. I can't remember. I, I didn't have a TV. I didn't own a TV at the time, so yeah. uh, so it was only like either my laptop or or uh, my phone. I was like, uh, no, thank you. And I was like, I'm not going to pay for this. I'm not invested. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I didn't know. It, it sort of came into a already crowded and you know uh playground now it's even more crowded with paramount plus and hbo max amc plus shutter all that stuff and you're like uh 
you know, but what they did well, what HBO Max and Paramount Plus had that Quibi didn't have was they had all this other stuff, all these older movies that they had the rights to yeah. and all these, you know, HBO Max has all the HBO TV shows, right. has many uh, Warner, you know, Warner properties like they have Harry Potter and uh, yeah. what else do they have? Um, you know, they have a lot of stuff that people already watch. And you're like, well, now that people are cord cutting, uh, maybe they still want to watch, you know, what's it called? Uh, whatever, you know, movies or I guess Paramount Plus is probably more affected by cord cutting because all of their TV shows are actual TV shows. They're not just like streaming shows. Yeah. You know, like the FBI's and the NCIS's and well, the, the CSI's only, and all that stuff. What I've noticed is that the only reason... And maybe it's because like I look into media and stuff, but I would have been more inclined <laughs> initially. Like I would have gotten Paramount Plus on a whim if it was mm-hmm. called like Viacom Plus. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah, it's called Paramount Plus, but it's like the Viacom. Yeah, yeah it's more like of, Par- yeah, it's more like Viacom Plus if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, and and for me, Viacom is just a selling point all on its own because of what you said. All the like growing up, if we w- I wasn't watching something Disney, it was always mm-hmm. something Viacom. It was always MTV, VH1, like Nickelodeon, yeah, Nickelodeon. Have, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you have um, all the CBS TV shows there. Yeah, you have Nickelodeon, and you have the CBS Sports stuff as yeah. well. Um, uh, I mean, I know that Disney owns ESPN and you can get ESPN plus with their, you know, plan or whatever that, that I used to have like the Disney plus Hulu and ESPN plus bundle, yeah. but I never found myself actually using it. So yeah. I, I just switched to, you know, plain Disney plus and, you know, we got that special deal on Hulu yeah. a year ago it was like for $2 a month. I hope they do it again this year. I'm going to keep my, my ears up. Yeah, uh, just no, every to, so often to, um, to, Hulu yeah. will probably do something. Netflix does yeah. not get freebies at all anymore. No, though. not at no. all. But I think okay. like half of half of you half of Netflix users, I think, don't pay for Netflix. Like they just piggy bank on somebody else. <laughs> so yeah. Maybe that's why. But uh, I don't know. Maybe if they made it cheaper, maybe yeah. not. But that's a gamble they have to, you know that they would have to make right because if they just reduce prices and still want to pay for all their original uh tv shows and movies uh maybe it just doesn't doesn't make sense maybe for them yeah i'm watching stuff like already leave amazon prime kind of in Mm -hmm. bulk so and amazon prime their video service it like everything including like the boys and this and that it's all an add-on to their Amazon Prime service. Like if you're a student, mm-hmm. you just pay $50 a year. And the thing Netflix does and every other streaming service is like, that's the main event is the streaming service. But Prime Video is yeah. still kind of like the little tag on to the Amazon Prime service. Yeah. So I started wondering over time if that's just going to affect, you know, if the legitimacy of it, like if people are going to, you know, treat it because the reason why netflix can keep innovating the way they do is because people trade treat it as the main event like i'm going to netflix in order to you know have a certain quality of content and that's what i think hbo max like i know they had a rough year but they're starting to build up because when you go to hbo max your head is i'm going to hbo i want i need to be entertained but 
uh, for Prime Video, it's like, I think they're still kind of finding their voice. By the way, with Netflix, uh, have you seen anything from Tadum yet? Tadum? It's their fandom. They, they made a oh, DC it's fandom. fandom. Yeah. Oh, no. And no. I kept wondering, like, it, does uh, Netflix constitute its own, like, is it big enough to have its, like, own conventions yet? Like, even if it's online, you know? I don't know. It's because they have so many different genres and so many different types of things that they publish. I think they they could probably just have a Netflix day and just tell people, hey, if you want to hear about horror stuff. Um, Because I think if you have a convention for DC, like DC is one thing. It's comics and everything that's connected to the comics. You know, TV shows, games, everything. But it all has to do with these you know, the same kind of collection of characters. Yeah. Uh, but Netflix, they're trying to be everything to everyone in yeah. every single country. Yeah. So it would be, I would find it weird if they had a Netflix fandom something and then they only show, you know, I guess their biggest hits like, you know, Money Heist and, uh, um, you know, I guess Narcos, but Narcos is a bit less of a, of a topic these days. Uh, but I remember like Narcos was the thing. I mean, first it was House of Cards and then Narcos was like the TV show, right, the Netflix right. TV show. And now it's, um, I think, Money Heist mm-hmm. uh, recently because it came out with part five, I think, or fifth season. I stopped watching after season two, but, um, uh, or actually I stopped watching after seeing the first two episodes of season, th- season three. Uh, so, I mean, it wasn't really my thing uh but uh you know and then you have a lot of international netflix stuff like lupin and uh now you have squid game uh i mean i'm real i'm looking forward to seeing uh kingdom season two which is another korean zombie thing Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) which is really cool but like they came up with a a kind of spinoff movie to kind of satisfy their fans appetites uh recently which was more of a prequel but uh it was it was kind of um it was really cool but uh yeah i don't know it's kind of like saying does should cbs have a cbs day and then like you have uh i know csi with stephen colbert yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know like potentially funny but thematically kind of different yeah Uh, (laughs) but yeah i I don't know that that's how i see it yeah, I think um, or Netflix um, kind of I, I know where Netflix's strength is, is when they start to focus on the areas that, you know, people aren't really looking at and making it more approachable, mm-hmm. like international films. Like yeah. I would I would say that in a big part because of Netflix, it's as approachable as putting on an Adam Sandler movie before you go to sleep. Like, it doesn't yeah, feel like definitely. if I'm putting on an international movie, I'm doing it to, like, you know, learn something or see something from another country because I want to see something. It feels like they, they can make things that are niche feel more casual. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw that teaser that they did for all their true crime stuff, including um, Tiger King 2 that's coming out. And when I saw the and when I saw the Tiger King 2 trailer this morning, I thought, like, I, I don't remember documentaries being this maybe with Michael Moore, but I don't remember documentaries being this kind of mm. hyped before people excited over it, where it's like, it's not, it's like, 
I don't know when, when, when they make the narrative version of this, it's going to, um, I I think it's the one with Kate McKinnon or I don't know if, I don't, there were multiple Tiger King, like thick, like narrative projects coming out that, that were more kind of like produced and not like a documentary, but they, this is the first time when I, I can say that those movies have serious competition with the actual documentary mm-hmm. and getting popular. And yeah. Netflix is now they're coming out with um, Escape the Undertaker, where it's like an in, it's an interactive WWE thing where you tell the New Day, the, the group, the New Day, what to do in order to like not not meet the undertaker who is an actual fully formed like horror character in the thing yeah and i thought that was the first time that they found like a good um like like they've they've been trying to make interactive specials a thing for a while and that was the first time i felt like they've found it you know with kimmy schmidt it was just coming out with black mirror it's like they attached it to something kind of more serious but Escape the Undertaker, that just feels like it's like the right tone for having kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of thing. So I don't know. I'm honestly really excited to see media change because of streaming services. Like just seeing all these like formats being played around with and like continuing to kind of like push the restraints, like even how Disney Plus has like, Mandalorian and WandaVision where one episode is 20 minutes, the next is 40 minutes, the next is da da da. But it's yeah. just all to serve the story. Yeah, I think uh there I think the change has or there are a lot of changes that have already happened. Uh I mean you, you see all these, you know, what used to be mainstream TV channels, now they're all launching their streaming platforms because they realize that they can't compete. Um, and, uh, you know, you have ABC news, CBS news, like all the news channels are now, you know, free for streaming on YouTube and on Roku and, and all these, uh, platforms. Yeah. So like, um, it's cool. I think specifically the, the, um, Disney TV shows, what's cool about what they're doing is that they don't let length limit what they want to tell in a story or like, it doesn't, they don't let timing you know that used to be dictated by uh, a schedule in a given day on on a, on a channel where you had 24 hours and this is what you're going to put and you know all these slots and this is how much time you needed for the ads and like after five minutes that's that's always when the first ad plays you know like th- there was always those restraints but what's cool about all the, the streaming platforms is that uh, you don't need uh, except for you know all these plans, that usually, usually all of those uh, streaming platforms that give you the option to, you know, pay with ads, right. uh, so you pay less. They often have TV shows that started on TV because they mm-hmm. have those kind of natural, you know, pauses that they put because, yeah. you know, they, they had, because they were produced for TV, right? right? But if you did that for Netflix, it wouldn't make any sense because all of those TV shows that are Netflix originals, they weren't made to have ads you know intercutting the story and yeah. uh, same thing for disney plus i think uh yeah i think it's it's pretty cool what they're doing compared to you know i think it's something that most people don't really think about it's just right. like well i'll look at it and whatever but then yeah. like you might have a you know 
you don't have those like little cliffhanger moments before ads, right? Uh, yeah. They always had those things where I was like, oh, what's going to happen? It's like, oh, you have an ad coming. And yeah. the sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be Leonard. I slept with Howard. And then that's when ad break. It's like, oh, what's going to happen next? And uh, what is what is Leonard going to say to to Penny or whatever? I, I'm using, you know, <laughs> yeah. wrong, wrong TV show to talk about, you know, <laughs> Penny oh. sleeping with Howard and stuff, Leonard, but, you know. <laughs> Dude, I want to, uh, every so often I'm like jealous of like the, whoever made the sound effects for like those shows, like the whoosh before yeah. commercial break or like the, you know, you know like, like those, yeah, little have these, things. those little things that they play, you know, it's like, and then like, yeah. oh, we're back. <laughs> yeah. And then, you, and then you find out that sometimes they get screwed over. Like the guy that made a bunch of Apple sound effects, uh, he, he, he doesn't say it word for word, but he, there's like an interview with mm -hmm. him and he's like. He, he, does, he does not seem uh, happy with his compensation, but mm. his legacy lives on. Well, it's like that, you know, uh, Nike paid, I think, 50 bucks for their logo in yeah. the 70s or something because they weren't big at the time. And they just right. hired some designer who was like, the you know, in Portland or something. Yeah. And the designer's like, OK, you know, what? there you go, 50 bucks. And then now it's like a multi-million, billion, whatever dollar company. Yeah. And you tell yourself like, and it's everywhere. And I only got 50 bucks for it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I hope you got stock at least at some point. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give her anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how business works. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, uh, but then it's like she doesn't have any legal recourse when you think about it. Like she got paid for a job that she did, and, and that's she signed it. for it. Yeah, and she signed for it, and she gave it, and yeah. that's it. I always and, used to think those were so cool, where they would have those graphic design contests, like design our radio logo, design our clothing company logo. You may you may yeah. win to your chance. And now I look at it like you just don't want to be a graphic designer, you cheap fox. <laughs> <laughs> thing is like if they had offered stocks you know stock options in their company when they went public at some point uh if they had offered shares it meant that they really had like no money to even pay 50 bucks for a logo yeah and <laughs> so it's but then maybe that would have been a, the better deal you know right. for for nike at least anyway i mean for for the designer who, who made that swoosh the, yeah. the nike swoosh but um uh, what were we talking about? Um, to dumb. To dumb. Uh, I mean, what else did you watch? To, I mean, like to dumb. Yeah, sounds sounds too dumb to me. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Anyway, um, uh, what was it? the the two things that stuck out to me when I saw to dumb though was um, Cowboy Bebop and uh, The Witcher mm, because yeah. we've talked about both at length on this yes. podcast but uh, uh especially me uh, oh yeah you know you love the witcher, <laughs> witcher know. for sure <laughs> and cowboy bebop was like the one show I was, like nervous about just because um and like i like i would watch yeah. watch the like the original cartoon and wonder how they're going to adapt it and it seems like they're kind of going for that speed racer thing where they oh, kind of no. keep it where it looks God. a little cartoony and it's a little bit which i think works for like cowboy bebop but um uh, we'll, we'll see because um, I don't know. I, I don't I mean, know how much it, the original... it could be done well. Yeah, but it could be done in a very shitty way. 
And yeah. uh, whenever I hear stuff like, oh, we're going to try to make it look exactly like the anime, we're going to make it cartoonish like the anime is like, no, no, please no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's no good. It's not good. Uh, but, uh, but then you get, you know, some projects never take off like the Akira project that never really happened in the end oh, or terrible. projects plur- plural. I'm, I'm sure they tried to do, I think even Spielberg back in the day, tried to thought about doing Akira. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm mistaken, but I know that a lot of big names were thinking about it because, uh, you know, a lot of filmmakers nowadays were fans of, or are fans of Akira, the, the, the anime movie. Yeah, uh, because it came out when they were you know up and coming or they were growing up or something. And it was like a thing, right? right? And a lot of stuff is inspired from Akira. I think you could even say that Matrix and and uh, I mean I think Matrix is more closely related to uh, what's the other anime Ghost in the Shell, something like that. You know, a bit more yeah. cyberpunkish, yeah. but uh, you know. I think that whole um, 90s style of like sci-fi and action uh, can be attributed probably to, um, I had it both in my head, was it like Akira and Blade Runner? I was yeah. like, and so many movies were just kind of like a take, like a different take on that aesthetic. Like, mm-hmm. I would even say that like even something like Batman and Robin was like a goofy take on what Blade Runner had. Mm-hmm. And oh, Akira yeah. just <laughs> made Robin, everybody oh look at Japan. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> was Batman and Robin the one with the nipples? Yes. Right. <laughs> that was the one. And, and, our, and Arnold uh, as uh, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Who uh, I would actually like to see in a Suicide Squad movie. I want them to, I, I want to continue to see like more Suicide Squad movies featuring like more top tier villains and like a different director every time. Mm. Like that's something I would actually like want to see, like, like it almost like a suicide squad, like anthology. Like imagine if um, the next movie had like Dave Bautista as, as Bane, uh, mm-hmm. some straight man type fair. actor as um, Mr. Freeze. I always imagine like Mahershala Ali would probably like, be a good Mr. Freeze and a good straight man. Cause if you just kind of like, yeah, light cause blue. he, he rocks, he, he yeah. can rock those round glasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause I, I think he wore similar glasses in uh, Alita, which is another kind of anime movie. Uh, I think Alita to me is probably the best Western adaptation of, of an anime to me. Cause they, they kind of got the vibe, right. Right. And it wasn't necessarily about, you know, the special effects, all those special effects were very important to, to make it look, you know, to just make Alita's face look like a, you know, human yeah. or hu- humanistic because she's supposed to be a cyborg. Right. Uh, but it just like, I don't know. I just, it just felt right compared to your uh, speed racers and, <laughs> uh, and the like, uh, yeah. <laughs> which uh, was, kind of like watching one of those weird Japanese commercials, yeah. um, you know, where Arnold Schwarzenegger has a, like a energy drink that, but the bottle kind of looks <laughs> like a, like medicine, um, oh. you know, kind of like a acid trip, uh, but for like a two hour movie on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, 
I remember just seeing the poster because that came out when I was maybe 10 or 12, I think. And I, I remember seeing the same poster uh, that they put in the, uh, at my local supermarket, like in the, in the parking, yeah. uh, the parking lot at my local supermarket. It was just like, I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then I saw a trailer. I was like, that doesn't you know, look as cool. You know I was already picky that, at that age. <laughs> you know what movie that was for me? But instead of being in the parking lot, it was um, Long's, which is Long's Drugs, which is now CVS Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. They, they always had like a huge video section or like at yeah. least one aisle of it. And they always put the movie posters in there. And yeah. like that probably caused my obsession with movie posters. But the mm-hmm. one big one they always had out of any movie was um, House of a Thousand Corpses. So mm-hmm. I, did, I randomly thought about it the other day. No, I don't. <laughs> I thought it was so creepy, but every time I saw something scary like that, I'm like, how did they like creep me out? So I literally just started watching it and that, oh my God, this is like, rest in peace to, uh, (laughs) I don't want to pronounce it wrong, Sid Hagel, Sid Hagel, um, the one who played the the main clown, just his line readings was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen in a long time. Why don't you take your mom home some chicken? I don't have to put my foot up in your ass. I'm like, what the fuck movie is this? <laughs> okay, just look up the clips after reading. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the. I've never seen this movie, but I remember the. No, title. I always thought but, this was like uh, a super serious movie until I started watching it, and then I was like, corpses. It's. Let's look at the cast. It's it's funny. Sid Haig. Sid Haig. Sid Haig. There you go. Bill Mosley, Sherry Moon Zombie. That's her name, Sherry Moon Zombie. Yeah. Rain Wilson. Damn. Oh yeah, no, he's um yeah Dwight. Chris Hardwick. Like, yeah. Oh, it's for free on on Tubi. Yep. Try to use Tubi more. It's for free, listeners. Uh, if you if you're yeah. cheap like like I am. And if you need uh, a campy horror day, but you're a cheap fuck that doesn't want to pay for Shutter, uh, just go to Tubi and just have a day with How House of a Thousand yeah. Corpses, yeah. uh, The Queen of the Damned. <laughs> Can't believe I watched. <laughs> Isn't there a vampire movie? Uh, is that Queen of the Damned? Is that was Queen of the Damned? Yeah, like yeah. Aaliyah shows up and she's like, she's like the main event of the movie, but she's only there for ten minutes, and she has like stuff. She has like really good like stage presence. Like I, I notice that especially with musicians in movies, they have like mm. really good like at least a presence, and that's what that character needed. Everything yeah. else about that movie, though. <laughs> everything uh, <laughs> just no I, I just saw the director's name yeah. rob zombie and i'm guessing sherry moon zombie is his wife yeah it's uh i didn't know anyone had uh zombie as her last name pretty pretty interesting pretty cool cool stuff pretty cool, pretty cool. cool stuff pretty probably cool. was a weird day at the dmv for for that guy but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's uh uh, or not for him, but the person was actually giving him the the ID. <laughs> like <Yeah>. Rob Zombie, <laughs> are you a filmmaker by any chance? Yeah. And uh, zombie movies? No, uh, romp coms actually. Uh, <laughs> and that would be me. That that would be you know Matt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going on this whole trip about no. like uh, a rom com director called Rob Zombie, and then like a zombie movie director called Rob Rom Com. And uh, I'm gonna be surprised. To, all these uh, mess with people. All these gory movies tend to have like the directors. All their favorite stuff tend to be rom coms, especially like Quentin Tarantino, which doesn't mm. surprise which doesn't surprise me because like his his movies are a lot more 
Oh. About the chemistry and talking between characters. Heavy, he was he he is the founding member of a heavy metal band called White Zombie. Yes. Why does why does all this make sense somehow? Heavy it's metal pretty... band, House of a Thousand Corpses, Rob Zombie. It all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it all connects. It's all connected, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh, I don't know. It, what's weird is that I saw uh, Mandy today for the first time and yeah. to me the whole movie is like a heavy like the the movie version of a heavy metal album it's uh it doesn't even have i don't think it has that much heavy metal music anyway but yeah. it just feels like a heavy metal like if heavy metal was a movie genre like it would be mandy essentially <laughs> um it's just um uh but yeah, I you can see that the filmmaker, uh, some guy called Panos, something. Um, you know what we should do next week? We should uh, compare should we like you know what we brought up the Wicker Man. We, that, we, we brought up the Wicker Man. We brought up Mandy. Uh, I think we just saw Willie's Wonderland, right? So you know, yeah, yeah. It, I yeah, feel like was, there there needs to be some kind of discussion this week. There needs to be some kind of fight next week between some, these. some kind of rumble in like having in to do with a certain oh. having to do with a certain actor whose last name is cage all of you in san jose you heard that next week a certain rumble in the cage rumble in the cage on what next we week? binge amazing yeah we're gonna yes. i think we're, we're going to pit uh nicholas cage movies against each other mm-hmm. and um, there is uh there's so much yeah we should probably have some kind of criteria or something. Some kind of face-off. Some kind of face-off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Some kind of face-off. Oh, yeah. I couldn't have said it any any you know any better than uh, than that, which is also a Nicolas Cage movie. I'm trying really hard to you know contain my my laughter. I'm trying straight I'm, man. I'm trying really hard not to say like and trying not to have unnecessary yes. laughs. Yes. This is uh as well. Me me too. Me too. This is us trying to podcast our yes. Trying to this do. is us trying to be some serious podcasters. And uh it's it's not going too well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I was trying to make a break, man. I did it. I did it. You know what? We're gonna keep heard a straight face next week. Yes. Especially gonna... it's 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 very hard to keep a straight face with uh Nicolas Cage. whenever Nicolas Cage is uh you know a topic because he's uh he 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 he's a creature, you know, he's a he's a force of nature, he's he's Nicolas Cage. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That's yeah. my explosion sound effect for that. Yeah, part. your your microphone couldn't take it. Uh, exploded. <laughs> anyway, we'll save that for next week. So yes, we will wrap up uh, our uh, ramble. Uh, relaxed, ramble, ramble. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of relaxed ramble episode uh, this week. Uh, just to talk things out, you know, talk things through. Um, should I mention where we are located in terms of uh, podcasting platforms? Precisely. Precisely, of course. 
uh, elementary, my my uh, dear Michael. Uh, we are on uh, spe- Spotify. I was going to say specify. We're on Spotify. Oh. Got to specify that we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Those are the, the big three, and we're all we're on all the uh, lesser known but still important platforms like uh, Audible and uh, iHeartRadio. Tune in, uh, Pandora. I think not sure about Pandora anymore, but uh, we are on TuneIn, uh, Overcast, your Bullhorns, which is one of the big ones for us. Uh, thank you, people who are listening to us on Bullhorn. And um, yeah, uh, we're on many podcasting platforms, but most of you probably just listen to us on Spotify anyway. And uh, we're on uh, social media as well, at uh, you know on Facebook and Instagram, and. Uh, just look for us at what we binge. That's at what we binge without spaces. Uh, you don't need to capitalize that either. So, you know, it's pretty easy. And uh, hey, you know, it was a pretty Ambien episode <laughs> sponsored by Ambien. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, uh, I feel smarter. I feel smart feels, this week. This feels, this, feels like a, this feels like a podcast. This feels like a podcast this week. Yeah. doesn't feel like just some drunken murmurs. Uh, oh, Although we're not always drunk. I'm not always drunk. Am I? I don't know, but I, I, don't know. <laughs> I, I keep it a secret, uh, but uh, <laughs> not encouraging, but yeah, good stuff. You know, people, if, if you're drinking in secret, don't be drinking in secret. Tell, tell your friends, tell your family members, don't make it a secret because you might, you might have a problem. <laughs> That's where I hope you were going with it. Like, just tell them and invite them. It's like, no, just um, bring them over and, uh, you, know. you know, tell them. Have an intervention for yourself. You know, it's that always. That's always good, I guess. Yeah. Never had one, so you don't have to uh, pay for rehab. Just uh, have it on your couch and uh, you know, sweat it out for a couple of days. Uh, is that how it's <laughs> literally, I don't know. just go in a sauna. Just go go in the hottest room of your house. No, actually, it's like I heard that. Uh, maybe it's more for drugs, but like actually, it, when you have withdrawal symptoms, you actually start sweating profusely, ah. and I uh, just feel terrible. Altogether. Should we, uh, should we test that experiment? No, we shouldn't. Anyway, no. no. I'm, I'm thing is, I'm, I'm not that uh, addicted to anything to actually feel effects of that kind. But uh, I'm sure some people do, and they should look for help. And on that note, peace. Peace. <laughs> this was a very weird ending. Wait, where, where do I go? Leave me over. Oh, <laughs>